Welcome to the Debo Unfiltered Podcast. We are your hosts, Howard Mary, Dr. Nafi, and Anafai Badnar. We are here to engage, educate, and hopefully empower you. Today's episode is going to be about interracial marriages. Um, interracial marriage is a form of marriage involving spouses who belong to different races or racialized um, ethnicities. We're also going to touch on inter- international marriages or transnational marriages, which is marriage between two people from different countries. So um, to set it up, I'm going to start by talking about my background, because my dad is from Gambia in West Africa, and my mom is from Tanzania in East Africa. So I'm a product of a transnational marriage. Um, and our Mary, I'll pass it on to you. Um, excuse me. So I am a product of, um, I'm biracial. My mom's Spanish, um, from Spain. And then my dad is Gambian. So I, yes, I'm a biracial product of interracial marriage and Nafi. Well, thank you so much, you guys. Well, mine is not so much that different. Um, my mom and dad are both from Gambia and, um, they're both from the same, um, tribe as well. But um, I do know that um, growing up in Gambia, this is definitely something that we have heard and we have seen either family members and, and, and family friends go through, which is interracial marriage. We've also seen intercultural marriages uh, such as intertribal marriages, because sometimes you could have a Mandinka marry a Wolof or a Fula marry a Seril. Those are all intercultural um, marriages that we've had along the way as well. Um, what I wanted us to, to first touch up on is um, perhaps the history. You know, what is the history behind um, uh, how we think or how we see interracial, intercultural or international um, marriages. I'll, I'll send that to you, um, Anna, and see if you have anything um, to add on to that front. I think well, you forgot to mention that your husband is a different race. Oh, my God. I'm like, <laughs> <I didn't forget> <laughs> oh, my I'm God. Like, I'm just oh, waiting to hear that. But Me I just had too. to throw that. No, I, you know what? I completely forgot about that. And I think that's because we're introducing our backgrounds. And I thought that we were going to come back again and talk about spouse wise. But you're totally right. I am in an interracial um, marriage. My husband, he is Indonesian. Um, and for those of you who don't know where that is, it's, it's Indonesia is in Asia. And it's actually the biggest um, um, Muslim population uh, in the world, not Saudi, because most people think the Middle East has the most um, uh, Muslims, but actually it is Indonesia that has the most Muslims in the world. Um, But yeah, I am married to um, a man of different uh, racial uh, makeup than I am. And um, I will touch up on it a little bit later on as to, you know, what are some of the things or um, uh, um, connotations that people attach to those that are married to or outside of your race, so to speak, or outside of your culture. Um, So we'll touch up on that a little bit. But I think that history-wise, one thing that's behind um, that people think about when they think about 
marrying outside of your race, marrying outside of your culture. Most of our grandparents, our parents have always, you know, shied away from that. They would always not encourage their children to do it in a sense that they fear that one would lose their culture, right? And sometimes people even think that you're a sellout if you marry somebody outside of your own culture or your own race. And um, I'll, let, I'll let you talk a little bit about it, Anna, and then I'll circle back around and just talk a little bit about um, what some of those uh, connotations are that we have towards this issue. Yeah, so thank you so much, our, for, our Mary, for <laughs> reminding Dr. Na, because I too was waiting for her to be like, well, I'm married to a white man or Asian man who is not African. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, so growing up, and having, um, being a, in a home where uh, our makeup was an international marriage, where my mom is speaking Swahili to us because she's from Tanzania, and my dad was speaking Wolof to us. So when we moved to Gambia, because my parents met in Sweden, so my mom was the daughter of the Tanzanian ambassador in Sweden, and my dad was that, you know, Gambian boy who was struggling and working and going to school and, you know, like just doing that. And then they met, they fell in love. They had two kids. Then they moved to Gambia. Moving to Gambia proved to be very challenging for my mom because Mm -hmm. number one, um, returning home as an educated Gambian man, I know that my dad's family expected him to come home and marry a wonderful, you know, Gambian woman. Kumbabanyul, Sambabanyul kind of mm-hmm. ideology, which was very common, especially at that time. They wanted you to marry the girl next door. They wanted you to mm-hmm. marry your dad's, you know, your dad's friend's daughter, or sometimes even, you know, Dominijai Domi Bajan, Sei Dominijai Domi Bajan. So that was very common. So my dad coming home with this Tanzanian woman was definitely something that was like, jarring for his family, even though he said he got his dad's approval. So for my mom, walking into a culture, you don't know the language, you don't know the culture, you don't know how they, you know, how they do things, which is completely different from you. What Mm -hmm. my mom says is that my dad took the lead and protected her. So my dad would always, and thankfully for my mom, my father's parents really liked her. So she had in-laws that actually liked her and protected her and guided her as well. Um, however, you're also dealing with the other in-laws as in the siblings and the sisters and the cousins and everyone's looking at my dad like, you know, mm-hmm. you know. So my mm-hmm. mom said she decided to stop speaking Swahili to us at home because she was concentrated on trying to learn Wolof. So she said, she decided she was going to forego her language, knowing very well that it was more important for her to learn Wolof mm-hmm. and for us to speak Wolof as well. For us, because we were there and we were children, we were naturally going to speak Wolof anyway. But she mm-hmm. wanted to learn the language so that, like she said, when they talked about her, she knew what they were saying. And for a long time, she understood Wolof, but she would mm-hmm. pretend she didn't know. So she would go to spaces where they would be talking about her and not very nicely. And she understood exactly what they were saying. And she'll come back home and repeat it to my dad. So um, that's some of the experience that I, that we grew up with seeing, observing. And it's so funny that I grew up to also marry a non-Gambian and ended up a non-Gambian and a non-Tanzanian. 
and ended up in an international marriage myself as well. So I'll pass it on to you, Almeri, to give us your makeup. Well, um, my makeup, I think um, it's very um, similar to yours, Anna. Uh-huh. In some way, even though my mom is a Caucasian woman coming into the Gambia, I mean, a lot of people do think that, okay, just because she's a Caucasian woman coming in, things are going to be easy because what to Babla? Uh-huh. And that, you know, um, she has like, a, um, I guess, some sort of a upper hand and, you know, your light skin and all these things. But anyway, um, she had a really tough time. And I think for us, I know for, for me specifically, um, I went through a rough childhood um, from, you know, the bullying um, in the Gambia, people calling you names and so on and so forth, just because of the color of your skin. But um, I think, you know, like you mentioned, um, when my parents, obviously, when we moved from Spain, we were born in Spain. And when we moved to the Gambia, um, my mom, too, wanted to learn Wolof and my dad, too, wanted to make sure that we spoke Wolof. So we would start speaking Wolof at home. But then the weird thing is, like, my dad is trying to speak Wolof at home to us. But then between the two of them, they always spoke Spanish. I mean, till this, well, till he passed, they would always speak Spanish between the two of them. Um, So the Spanish language never left us. And then obviously English. My dad will always say, you know, I want you to speak Wolof, but then he would also always, most of the time speak English um, because he was really highly educational. And so he wanted to instill that. We have to read out loud and so on. So, but the um, environment and then the family, like his immediate family were very, very, very accepting of my mother and my grandfather adored my mother. Um, my dad's sister adored my my mom, but the ex- some extended family were just the devil. I mean, uh, I just I don't know. Um, they would always say say to Bob do say. So they always mm-hmm. expected my dad would eventually marry somebody else, or like you know what are we like chop liver? Like we you know five of us five kids and did still mm-hmm. not say, you know this woman that left her culture her country. And came to the Gambia to struggle and hustle with my husband, I mean, with her husband and have all these kids. And then you're trying to say that marriage is not like real. Um, And, you know, for us as kids, we grow up listening to that and hearing that. So obviously we have that animosity against some of those family members that would think that way, very narrow minded and so on. Um, and then, um, like you said, my my mom would, you know, learn, um, try to uh, spoke Wolof. I mean, right now she speaks really, very, really good Wolof. Um, but people will always talk about her. Like people will try to, you know, scam her like at taxis or at the market or whatever because of the color of her skin. I mean, they do that to me now because I'm a little bit lighter and then I may look a little bit, a bit different. But I'm like, it should not be that way. But I think interracial marriages and interracial um Uh, couples or even relationships just come with a lot of baggage especially I think it just you know I'm talking about Gambia but even could be the same thing in the U.S. or in in countries like here because my dad will always say that too when they got married because they got married in Spain here that they get the looks especially you have to remember this is like you know mid-70s um, where you know you get the side eye like you know are you marrying a white woman you know who's you know the family and so on and so forth. So they, it's not like they had it easy either because they got married mm-hmm. in Europe. So it's both ways when you really look at it. I think right now it's a little bit more accepting, 
but you still get the stairs. I mean, every now and then where you see the couples, interracial couples, and you still see the stairs, especially if it's a, um, you know, different um, culture. Like I have, um, my husband has one of his best friends, a white man married to a Filipino woman. And I remember Mm -hmm. this vividly. We went on vacation one day and, you know, she was with us. And the, and we went to Saxon Avenue and they're like, is that, is that your nanny? I almost died mm-hmm. just thinking about it. It's like, is that your nanny? Because we were with the kids and all that. And I'm thinking, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Like, why does mm-hmm. she have to be the nanny? You see what I'm saying? But it's that mm-hmm. mindset constantly that if, if somebody that's okay, if you are a white person or if you, you know, appear to be a little bit well off, that automatically mm-hmm. the other person has to be that, you know, the lower I don't know. Uh, it's just, um, it's, it's awful. But yeah, that's my story. So Nafi, you can share yours. Oh, that's a great story. Our, I think that what you touched up on is that it's not just in Gambia, but in the U.S. and other places. And I definitely agree with that. It's interracial marriages or intercultural marriages. I think that it's viewed negatively in most part of the world. It's not just in Gambia. Like if you go to Asia, it's the same thing, you know, where if you marry outside of you, I have a lot of Asian friends, a lot of Southeast Asians, Indian friends who like, if you marry outside of your, um, even if you get, if you marry, if an Indian marries a Pakistani, which it's kind of like a Gambian marrying a Senegalese, Mm -hmm. we look the same, we eat the same foods, but they're still considered different. Right. That's even that some people take offense to something like that because it's mm-hmm. not the same. It's and so in, in, in various parts of the world, it's the same thing. And um, and again, I think that people see it negatively, um, mainly because it's the unfamiliar and it's the unknown. Right. You're marrying somebody that you're different um, from, you don't, you know, the culture is different. The, the where You know, the upbringing is different. The way they look is different. And so people kind of just shy away from that. And sometimes it's just because of the stereotypes. They think about the other group of, you know, people that they, they have in mind. So they don't want you to be, you know, connected to that. And um, our natural instinct, I would say, is to uh, gravitate towards the known. Mm-hmm. So if you're Black, it, it's natural and normal to marry a Black person. If you're white it's the same thing. It's natural to, to marry a, a, a white person because that's we gravitate towards what we know. However, you know, choosing to be with somebody who is not same as you is not unnatural either. You know what I mean? And um, I would say that in Gambia, you did touch up on, on it a little bit, Awa, is that the different connotations that people have. I know that in my situation with my husband, so I mentioned that my husband is um, of Indonesian um, descent. He's Indonesian, his ethnicity is Indonesian, but he was born and raised in Switzerland. So the interesting thing about him is that although he may look slightly, let's say like Filipino-ish looking, but once he starts talking, he has this thick, French accent because he was born and raised in Switzerland. So people look at him weird, especially in the U.S. When he speaks, they expect a certain um, Mm -hmm. uh, accent, right, Mm -hmm. to come out from the view of what he looks like. So when he sounds like a French man, 
they kind of scratch their heads. Like, why does he talk like that? You know? And so we get certain stares, but the interesting thing is the looks we get, it's mostly from the Asian community because in the Asian community, um, it's not very, um, they don't intermarry that often, especially to black people all around the world. For some reason, we are seen as the lowest of the low people, if we're going to be honest. Mm. So no other race, you know, would naturally, they would say just, oh, you, you don't want to marry a black. A black is the lowest of the low. There was this saying um, within my friends when I was in college that I learned that in the Indian culture, the ones in the U.S., they would teach their children the order of which they should marry. First, you don't intermarry. You marry your own race. But if you must marry, this is the way that you have to do it right? There's a BMW rule, right? Meaning worst to best. The worst you could do is B, which is black. And then there's an M, which is Muslim. And then you have the W, that's the BMW. The W is white. So white is not so bad. The worst is just B. You cannot go black, you know? So there, they, people teach their children these kinds of mentality because that's how I learned it was from one of my friends who was yeah. Indian and was teaching me what his parents would tell her. Mm-hmm. And so this is something that is sometimes ingrained in our heads. So when we would be in um, a community, which is mostly minority like blacks, we don't get a lot of looks. Most people don't even like pay us any attention. But when we go to an area where it's mostly an Asian restaurant or something like that, Everybody double takes. They look at me and they look at him and they're probably like, what the hell is he doing? You know, that's a black <laughs> woman. So because in even though we're in 2021 now, it's not widely accepted in all cultures. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to be honest, we've made we've made improvements um, and it's been better from the 1970s, like you said, from when your dad and your mom were married to where we are today. But it's not to say that there are not struggles with it. But just like any, you know, relationship or any marriage, there's going to be, you know, struggles. There's going to be pros and cons, you know. Yeah, the, the, the con is that we may have a different culture, right? Mm-hmm. But the pro is that there's so much love there. There's so much respect there, you know. And so you have to kind of balance, you know, um, the good and the bad. So what I would say is in Gambia, particularly, I just noticed that recently when I went home in my last visit, that people started looking at my husband and I for the first time I ever felt uncomfortable. I've never felt uncomfortable with him ever anywhere. Mm. When I went home to Gambia, my last visit, I felt uncomfortable. And I don't know if that's because there's a lot of Asian There's a lot of sentiment, anti-Asian sentiment nowadays because of the Chinese in Gambia Mm -hmm. and the whole thing with the things. So people are more likely to look now. And so when I walked with my husband, I heard a guy say, oh, man, why you be like Jang he Gambian? Chinese in properly. First of all, he's right. I'm sorry. I had to laugh. And I t- no, I turned around, right? And I'm like, did he just that? And first of all, the ignorance of it all. He's not Chinese, right? right. Just because somebody looks Asian doesn't mean they're Chinese. But you know, in Africa, yeah. when someone looks Asian, 
call everybody a Chinese. But then if somebody calls us a Nigerian or Senegalese, then we're upset. But hey, well, just like they are, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to be misnamed or mischaracterized. So we should learn to be more, you know, to educate ourselves to know better because that was a very ignorant comment for somebody to make, right? Mm -hmm. But on top of that, they automatically assumed that I was some floozy Gambian girl trying to get somewhere in life by being with a foreigner. So that's the negative connotation that I have grown up seeing and hearing is that when you marry interracially, they have and, 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 and there's a gender difference to it as well. Growing up, men were more allowed to marry outside of the race. Mm-hmm. I have not seen a woman as a child growing up. I don't remember seeing a woman marrying interracially. You know, it was it was not accepted, accepted in the community. But when it was done, I saw it mostly with the men. So there was a gender difference in who was doing it or practicing it. Uh-huh. Although now, although now it is more in the in in more recent times, more women are are doing interracial, intercultural, and 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 all of that kind of stuff. But before, we almost had to stay quote unquote true to our men. Mm-hmm. And if you were to marry outside of the Gambian or, or the Gambian culture or the race, the black race, you were seen as a sellout. Yeah. Right. And so we we even have that mentality here today, right? I mean, where you see in the U.S. more of the African American men. I I did look up a res um, a research that showed that um, black men are twice as likely as black women to um, intermarry. And I I believe in that because if you look at the NBA players, the NFL players, mm-hmm. all the singers, and all this, most of the men are marrying different different um races mm-hmm. right more than women are more than the black women are and there's just been a connotation there that as a black woman you should stay you know with the cause you should not sell out you should stay with your own and i think that that's a little silly to expect that of us that if we marry anybody that we are you know being a sellout we're not being true to who we are and, and, and I think that's doing us disservice to expect that of us. But I'll let Anna speak a little bit. Oh, and another thing that carries a, bl- a negative connotation is that we tend to think in Gambia that if you marry uh, outside of your race, that your partner is financially more stable. So, so say it to Bob, so say it maybe for money, maybe it's for, but which in some cases it is, but that's, you know, we've had girls that, that are marrying sugar daddies. We have young men, all 90 year old women, but we all know it's Mm -hmm. for a different reason. It's financial arrangements. Mm -hmm. When you see that a lot, it's hard to kind of put yourself or be placed separately because when, when the only picture people see Mostly is that, oh, if they're in an interracial relationship, that's because the Gambian person is looking for an, a financial gain from the non-Gambian person, which couldn't be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. At least in my case, you know, both my husband and I are of equal financial setting. Mm-hmm. So I'm not anything from him by marrying him. Uh, and, and, uh, and he's not trying to get anything from me by marrying me. You know what I mean? Other than the love. So... 
I'm going to pass it on to um, Anna, and then I'll come back and tell you guys um, a little bit more uh, about my experience. So I think, um, Dr. Nafi, thanks for sharing your perspective, but I think also you have to keep in mind that when it comes to the Gambian context, you are the minority. Mm -hmm. The fact that you married um, a non-Gambian and someone from mm -hmm. a different race, uh, let's uh, just call him Tuba, right? Mm -hmm. Let's just call him Tuba. Um, mm -hmm. And this was by choice um, because we are one of the poorest countries in the world. Let's just be honest. And mm -hmm. uh, what we have to offer the world is tourism. So when these tourists come to Gambia, a lot of mm -hmm. poor Gambians look at these white people as... Um, as, as, as a ticket out of the poverty that they're in. Mm -hmm. So whether you're mm -hmm. a man or you're a woman, you want to attach yourself to one of these um, white people so that perhaps you can get papers, move to their countries, or maybe they can send you money. You can start business. Maybe they can buy you a house. And that is true until this day. Again, when we mm -hmm. talk about Gambia, we're talking about the poorest country, one of the poorest countries in the world. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that is real. So the fact that you're coming from a well-off family, you got to get educated abroad and through, you know, being exposed, you fell in love with someone who's not from your country, your culture, um, but it's, you know, just love and it's real and it's sincere. I feel like you're that you're the you would be considered the privilege. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about the, the reality on the ground. When you go to Gambia and um, our Mary, you talked about it when you're marrying a Tubap, they'll tell mm -hmm. you, and mm -hmm. that idea is still there. Mm -hmm. Like as a man or as a woman, when mm -hmm. you marry a Tubap, they think, well, you can still marry a Gambian on top of the Tubap because the Tubap is used to be a, ma a marriage for papers. It was marriage to get you the, the documents that you needed so you could relocate to a different country. Or that's, mm -hmm. and anyway, that's what they would tell their parents and that's what they would tell their spouses back home. So you have a lot of Gambian women today that I know that I've met that are sitting in Gambia. Their husbands are in different countries. Their husbands are married to women from those countries and mm -hmm. they consider themselves the real wife. Mm. There's Gambian men who come home for holidays. They come with their white wife. Then they hide and sneak around to go be with their Gambian wife. Mm. These are real facts. And the Gambian mm -hmm. wife knows that there's a Tubap wife. But for you, you're the main one because she's Tubap. So therefore, it doesn't matter. Absolutely. It also extends to the international marriages. Let me be clear. Just because you're Black doesn't mean that the Gambian is going to readily accept you as a real mm. wife especially when it comes to the men, because they used to tell my dad, Ki nyakla. so fokataka Gambia. Mm -hmm. Like I remember when my dad was running for some political office in the Gambia, in Banjo, and they used to sing for him, Nailer, Nailer, why sering bugud lindem. That was one <laughs> of the slogans they would sing for him. And they would say to him, if you really want to be taken seriously in politics, you have to make sure you marry a Gambian woman. So, and my mom had six children for my dad. And they would say to her, they would say to him, it's okay to stay married to Mariam, no problem. But just marry a second Gambian wife because that will legitimize you in the eyes of the Gambian people. And that attitude has not gone anywhere. Mm. I moved to Gambia with a Rwandese husband. Gambian men will hit on me, knowing that I'm married to a Rwandese man. But for them, it was like, ah, kinyakla. So now, 
Dr. Nafi, you talked about the fact that it's more acceptable for the men to marry outside than the women. And that mm-hmm. reason is that for the men, they feel like even if you marry a Tubap, a Tanzanian, a Nigerian, a Namibian, it doesn't matter. You can always marry a Gambian woman after her or several Gambian women after her. But for the women, they discouraged us because we're the ones that bring the babies. So now you've mm-hmm. married a Rwandese man. What are they going to say? Marry a Gambian man on top of him? Mm. Of course not. <laughs> so they look at you as a lost cause. Ah, this one we've just lost. You know? So I think that it's very nuanced when we try to um, discuss the African-American aspect of it because I feel like that is just too much to unpack. It has mm-hmm. a lot to do with their history of slavery. Mm-hmm. It has a lot mm-hmm. to do with the makeup of the African-American community. It has a lot to do with the fact that these musicians and these athletes mm-hmm. are being raised by single mothers. And these single mothers were brought up by single mothers. So African-American women can sometimes be very tough and hard. Mm-hmm. And these men are looking for soft, agreeable mm-hmm. women. And they find that in white women because white women some of these white women they marrying are coming from homes where there's dad, there's mom. It's more traditional setting. There's a lot of love. There's not that struggle where, you know, African-American um, families where you're being raised in a home with a single mother. The women, the girls in that family are raised to be very tough and, and, and strong mm-hmm. and, and independent. And they carry that into their relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't take shit from nobody. Nigga, you can't. So mm-hmm. there's this attitude of just being very aggressive, but they, they're learning it from their mothers Absolutely. because they have to be the man and the woman mm-hmm. in the house. Mm-hmm. So I think for the African-American context is very nuanced and I'm not sure we're ready to get mm-hmm. into that. But for the Gambians, I can definitely share that being married to a non-Gambian, even if you're black, you're still not as accepted it's not as bad as being married to a white man i'll tell you that but it, there's still something there um our, our mary i'll pass it on to you to share your thoughts no it's so true like i'm listening to both of you guys and um to be honest i can either put myself in it or put my mom or you know things that i've seen uh with a family member i do have a family member i have one of these um people I grew up with in the same you know um, street I said neighborhood or whatever community um, who's done the same thing they got a wife outside and a wife in Gambia and they don't know each other and I'm always like okay you know you're gonna get caught right Um, or the ones that are um, you know married to a white woman and then when they go to Gambia it's not even marrying somebody else it's what they do is sleep around with this you know um Mm-hmm. Gambian girls so I just think that there's I don't know some wrong mentally with with this whole um accepting um of of women or um or men from different races I mean so mm-hmm. only because like okay even though I am Gambian right and my husband is Gambian but every time I go home with him I'm with him at the Gambia it's like I'm not Gambian so even though, like I said, we both the same, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, I don't want to say a tribe because we're not, but really, hypothetically, we're both the same because we don't even know which one is which. But, um, you know, we come from the same space. But when we go, I have to literally, you know, try 
harder because the color of my skin. So we go back into that colorism, you know, episode that we had because I have to constantly prove my Gambianness, my blackness. Mm-hmm. I constantly have to prove that. Mm-hmm. And so whether being in an interracial marriage or not, it's like I did that with my, you know, my mom did that. Then I did it as a child because I wanted to be accepted. Now as a wife, I want to be accepted even further because I'm like, no, I'm Gambian. Like, yeah. So I'm trying constantly to, you know, speak well of so that people be like, oh, yeah, yeah, she's Gambian. But still, they're like, no, no, but she's Lebanese. And I'm like, no, I'm not Lebanese. Like, you know, it's like (laughs) you have to put me in a box of some sort. So you constantly have to... um just prove something always and it's so exhausting so exhausting and it's not like people always think that because you have a lighter skin you privilege I think in you know in as a white person maybe in America yes but really to be honest I never had privilege like like anywhere I well let me get that back I did have privilege one time when I got into the hotel nobody asked me anything in the Gambia so I was like oh it must be my skin color so let me get that back you know like okay it kind of worked one time um but other than that I constantly have to prove my blackness and and so on or constantly have to be bullied because I look different or when my mom comes it's like tubab 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 it's like a white person white person and for my mom, too, it's the same thing. She cannot go walk at, on the beach in the Gambia without somebody else walking with her because you have, you know, the bumpsters or whatever they call it, the, the folks out there mm-hmm. that are, you know, street walking and, you know, asking for things or thinking that she's and she's like, she's she's Gambian. She's lived there for over 30 years. What else do you expect? You know, so there's pros and cons from it. And I just wish that people would just try to learn and understand um, and put the, you know, have that empathy there when they mm-hmm. saying these things that are meaningful, I mean, uh, really mean and hurtful um, that don't know how it's affecting, especially for children, um, children born out of, you know, interracial uh, um, marriages. It could be really difficult because Anna said, you know, her mom is from Tanzania and she's a product of both. And you would think, oh, because she's black, she's they're both African. That should be easy. But, you know, hearing hers, it's like, oh, my God, like even with another African, you know, person, it does not matter. And right now in the Gambia, I've seen I've noticed that a lot of uh, Gambian women or men are marrying like Nigerians and Ghanaians. Sierra Leoneans, like there's so much like, you know, Fatu with a different mm-hmm. last name and our and, and I'm like, oh, wow, like this is new because we didn't have that growing up. You know, the most interracial that you had were like, you know, if you had, your parents were outside, you know, studying, they brought their wives like I.E. my dad. And so mm-hmm. now you're seeing like because there's so much, you know, Guineans and Malians and other African uh, um, tribes and cultures in the Gambia and they're all intermarrying and you're seeing that and even Chinese yes you do see that now and so that's why I laugh because I heard that the last time it was the same thing like oh now the Chinese people are taking our sisters well what do you expect like you know you're all living together you know it's it's bound to happen and for me I just feel like love has no home like it could happen anywhere like my brother right now is married to a Pakistani woman um, and it wasn't easy because that's a very different culture. And for them, too, you know, it's like ranks, like you mentioned earlier, Nafi. Um, it's just not an easy culture to get into um, because they believe in the class and caste system and all that. But it's the same. It's just I, I tell my kids, I'm like, love who you love and marry who you want. 
I mean, yes, is mm-hmm. Gambian to Gambian easier? You would think that it would be because it's comfortable. You speak the same language. You, um, you know, maybe even in the same religion and all that. But what if he's an asshole? Mm-hmm. So, you know, right. what if the family is like awful? You know, because I just think mm-hmm. about my mom and dad. It was so easy. It was so easy. Like, I couldn't, I can't imagine my dad with a Gambian woman having that connection. It's, it's just not my dad. I always looked at my dad, not like the typical Gambian. He was not, he wasn't like that. Even after he went back to the Gambia, he always had a very different mm-hmm. mindset because he left at 17 to go further his studies. Mm-hmm. He went back to the Gambia with a PhD in his 30s. And so the mindset was just very different. You know, who did not mm-hmm. believe into a lot of these cultural norms and, and he never listened to Ndaga. I never grew up at my house listening to Yusundur or anything. I did not have that. I grew up in my household listening to Marvin Gaye, James Brown, Otis Redding, and all these things because that's what he listened to. So it was just a very different man that I grew up around. And that's what I had, the culture. So, you know, mm-hmm. how can you bring another woman into that? When my dad was like, mm-hmm. Right? So, and it's the same, mm-hmm. you know, but it's just so different. So that's just what I wanted to share. So Nafi, I'll, I'll, I'll throw it up to you. Right. It's pretty interesting. And, and I think that some of the side effects of, you know, maybe interracial marriage, just like you mentioned, um, our Mary, is that sometimes children are not considered to be true Gambian or Gambian enough, you know, and, uh, and maybe, you know, Anna, you've had an experience in that where people might not think you're fully, you know, quote unquote, fully Gambian enough. So we tend to, um, and, and the children might tend to get into that kind of category a lot. So what I say to you guys is that, um, well, so I'll say a little bit about, so I met my husband actually through uh, a mutual friend. And so him and I became friends. And so through that friendship, um, like his personality just wowed me. Right. And he was very like family oriented. He was very like respectful, you know, towards like my family. And obviously he treats me like the queen that I am. So for me, I want to ask you guys the questions. So um, what are your requirements for when you're dating or marrying a man, what are some of the qualities you look for? Because I ask, I ask this because um, um, we're made to feel uncomfortable in Gambia, um, you know, because of the assumptions of, you know, intermarriage uh, or interracial marriage. And, and so we have to ask ourselves or we're made to ask ourselves, why do we marry outside of our race? For me, it was not a conscious decision. I wasn't walking around the town looking for a non-Gambian man, right? It was not a conscious decision for me. It, like I said, it was just that, you know, my husband and I met, we became friends. And so like there was a connection there. And so naturally we, we kind of just grew into, um, you know, having a relationship and getting married. So for me, I, I, I don't want people to think, and there are some who have tried um, uh, and haven't found what they were looking for in their race, particularly, right? And so, um, or they have had a negative 
experience in their race. For example, you have a Gambian girl who is married um, or who was married to a Gambian guy and he ended up treating her poorly and abusively and then they got into a divorce. So in her mind, she doesn't want to be with another Gambian guy. She wants to try a different race and see if maybe they will treat her differently. So for me, what I say is I've had family friends and I uh, um, and family members who have married other Gambians and it didn't work out. Right. Because some of these, you know, partners were douchebags, to be honest. Right. <laughs> but right. I'm just not going to name names, but they, some of them, you know, legit douchebags. But then I've had other, you know, friends and family who have also married Gambian men who are amazing. So we should not be stuck on the fact that you have to have to marry a particular group of people because that's the only place you're going to get happiness. That's not true because every race, every culture, every tribe, there are good and bad. Amen. So mine, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how I see it. And so I don't think that we should just be stuck on, oh, you know, you know, all of Renga were a sale. So I said, Renga were a sale. They did Bulsaya Pulbi. They did Bulsaya Tubabi. Like we're worried. And, and the fact that we think that if we marry outside of our culture or outside of our race, that automatically we are going to lose our culture. Let's be honest and let's be real for a second. I know Gambians who have married other Gambians and their children do not speak any of the local languages. And these are two two Gambian people Mm -hmm. that are married. Mm -hmm. Both of them are from Gambia, raised in Gambia, and their children don't even know what Nangadev Mm -hmm. means. So for me, I think it's a bit hypocritical to say, oh, when you marry outside of your race, then you're you're, going to lose your culture. There are Gambians who are married to each other and their children still don't have the culture. So I believe that, you know, if you um, if something is important to you, you find a way to keep it in your life. And so that it doesn't matter who you marry. If speaking your language to your children is what matters, if keeping your culture or person or like passing that uh, down to the next generation is what is important to you, you'll find a way to do that. And so it's not fair to tell people. And I think that was the biggest deterrent or worry that they put forth. Our parents, our grandparents would put out, or that would be their argument, was that if you married a, a foreigner, you lose out on your culture. You know, you lose out on who you are. And, and, and that's not necessarily true 100%. Again, it depends on the person. And so I, I, I bring the question back to you guys. Um, what are your requirements? Like when you're looking for somebody to marry um, or are you thinking about, um, you know, like, oh, I, uh, for me, it's about, it's my, the first thing that I think about in a man is, you know, I want to have the same religion as you. That's important to me. It might not be for everybody. And also, you know, you have to have a great personality. You have to have respect. And there has to be attraction between us. But you know what they say. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So what's attraction to me might not be to somebody else. You know, but like, you know, above all, you know, you have to be educated. But let's be honest. There's a lot of educated people who are not enlightened. So for me, enlightenment. Enlightenment is, I find it sexy in a person. So if you're an enlightened person, you're right there with me. 
So for you guys, what is it? What are some of your requirements? Are we talking bank accounts? Are we talking penis, penis sizes? What is it? What is the requirement? <laughs> Go ahead, Anna. Take it away. So I would say, um, Dr. Nafi, I wanted to just um, jump back and say that you, you made a comment um, and I wanted to just say something about it. Yes, being from um, an international home where my mom was in Gambian, um, we were given a pass. And I think I still get that pass till today. Um, so as an um, international kid, it's almost like you have to adopt one identity over the other. And I hear you saying, yes, you do not have to lose your culture or your tradition or religion because you married someone who is not coming from that um, same space. You mm -hmm. can be the one to speak well of to your child if that's important mm -hmm. to you. You can be the one to teach your child how to pray five times a day and how to recite the surahs in the Quran and how to wear dagit and how to cook supakanja. If it's important to you, you can be the one to teach your child. Mm -hmm. But I agree with you. I know a lot of Gambian couples where both are Gambian and they're in whatever countries that they're mm -hmm. in and their children don't speak mm -hmm. Wolof, their children don't pray, their children don't know how to do most of the religious and traditional things that you would think would be mm -hmm. a would be a like 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 just normal for these children to know. And that I think has a lot to do with complex. And it mm -hmm. also has a lot to do with I, I hate to say it, but there's some kind of self-hatred there right. that we have to address at some point in another episode. Mm -hmm. But to to have both Gambian parents send Domi Degun Olof, Degun Sose, Degun Pul, Degun Manjago, like I remember when we went to Gambia, what was the most important for me was my children get to learn Wolof. Mm -hmm. Now that mm -hmm. we're back, I get to speak Wolof to them because in my household, English is the common language because my husband speaks German, French, Kenyan, Rwanda, and English. Mm -hmm. Of mm -hmm. that, I can only speak English. Mm -hmm. I speak Wolof, Swahili, and English. Of that, he can only speak English. So naturally, the common language is English. But having gone home for two years and coming back, now I can speak Wolof to my mm -hmm. children. Mm -hmm. Even my husband has picked up some Wolof. So I think we <laughs> should definitely do an episode where we discuss the fact that there's Gambian parents who refuse to speak their language or teach their children any cultural Gambian norms because they want to be seen as Tuba or American or Ki real, real British la or Ki real Swedish mm -hmm. la. Like there's that complex. But coming back mm -hmm. to what I what I look for in a man, I know what was non-negotiable for me was he had to be Muslim. That was mm -hmm. a space I wasn't ready to compromise. I just was not mature enough to understand that I could be in an interreligious marriage and it actually worked <laughs> for me. But also I think it was how I was brought up. My dad was like, sitting in my Indian security. And he did not. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a long time. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and he did not like, he was not playing. He was very clear, firm, and adamant about that one point. Um, mm -hmm. So that was non-negotiable for me. But mostly when I look for what I was looking for in a man is someone who has integrity. I was looking for mm -hmm. someone who was trustworthy and honest. I was looking mm -hmm. for someone who is just loving because I'm such a loving person and I'm mm -hmm. such a positive person that like 
pessimistic personalities and myself, we just mm-hmm. don't go. Because you're going to think that I'm cuckoo. Like, Kimom, mm-hmm. why he positive? Why he love? Why he mm-hmm. toy? You know, like, and I can't be in that space where I'm going to be branded as I'm not okay because I see and view life in a certain mm-hmm. way. But, you know, those were the things that were important. And someone who's family oriented, because I grew up in a very loving, close-knit family home. And that's what I knew. That was the norm for me. And I wanted to repeat and replicate that in the family that I raised. So I needed someone who could see eye to eye with me on that. What about you, Al Mary? <laughs> I think I'm still stuck with this. I haven't heard that word in my <laughs> Oh my God. I just brought back some memories with my dad. That was his favorite thing. <laughs> but I think... Um, you know what you guys are both right um especially like you know you saying some gambians like being like both parents being gambians never been outside or another race in between them and their kids don't speak that i see it so many times and then um i always say there's something that you hate about you know your culture or your you know your country that's why you like picking Mm -hmm. up you know something that's um not even yours like and you want to make it your own it's so sad like especially in america i saw that so many mm-hmm. times they're like hey, man's my dormy mom. i'm like okay you shouldn't be proud about that like at least you know i'm not saying like they all need to speak well of but at least let them have the culture you know mm-hmm. um, whatever that is like you feel like it's important you know for 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 your family um for us obviously my dad was very adamant about us speaking Wolof was very adamant about us being very religious you know making sure we were taught the Quran he would travel with us to take us to Medina in Kaula in Medina Bay in Kaula because you know he was like let's go as a family we go pray um Mm -hmm. you know people will come to the house to you know pray and and recite the quran and all that so we grew up around that at least seeing that it's just his music was just not it so it's like Mm -hmm. you know some people like and i was like well it's just you know people like what they like but at least you have some sort of like what's important to you you need to teach Mm -hmm. that but i think the language is so important because that's at least one thing that you could be um you know identify like if you go to gambia you know if they say nangara if you kind of know you know what to answer like my kids Mm -hmm. um at least my kids speak the language um the middle one i don't know what's wrong with her but you know she's like she she understands it's like what did you just say you know how kids are i think she just has a you know she's not too comfortable and and -hmm. thinks that because her accent people will laugh at her so she pretends that she doesn't speak but my son who's 17 speaks the language like he was born raised in gambia and really he learned the dang language from just listening to me my friends speak and all these things i mean like mm. you know he you picked up the language just like that just by listening on, on his own so i think that you know as as um interracial you know couples and so on you also have to bring in like what's important to you like anna mentioned i think about the religion i'm not so much tied about religion i think everybody can keep their own and then you know um, decide mm-hmm. whatever is best for you for your children <laughs> And make sure that the the children actually, you know, obviously learn one religion that's that's important to them. So you as a couple can decide on that. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's very important that um, you set those rules and the guidelines before you go into, let's say, you deciding to go back home to Gambia or you going for visits and so on. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, not allowing the outside to really come in and break relationships because it happens, the pressure of the the families outside can really, really be um, heavy. 
um, because mm-hmm. you see it all the time where you go and like you mentioned, Nafi, like where you felt uncomfortable, you know, with your husband for the first time ever, like you're looking at like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, so it's just um, because people will make you feel small about, you know, your wife or your husband. And I just don't mm-hmm. think it's fair. And like you said, like right now, you know, in the Gambia, you know, culture, um, the biracial, there's so much biracial kids. Oh my God, there's mm-hmm. so much. It's unbelievable. Like, um, you know, how much diversity we have um, in the Gambia. And, you know, I used to be like, um, you know, it wasn't that many. I think you could like group us all. Like, you know, when we were growing up, I knew all the biracial people kind of sort of, or you kind of have an idea who they are. But now you cannot even count. There's so much mm-hmm. diversity um, in the country. And it's not only, you know, the biracial products like myself, but so much from other like I mentioned, you know, other parts of um, Africa or even parts of Asia now that are that are coming in and mixing. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. I just wish it was a little bit more accepting and mm-hmm. a little mm-hmm. bit more understood. And people will not judge whenever they see things and just be like, oh, wow. Like, you know, and it's everywhere. I should not even say it's only Gambia. It's everywhere where people automatically judge. I'm usually mm-hmm. happy when I see that. I stare mm-hmm. because I'm happy. I'm like, oh, they're going to have people. They're going to have kids like me. I get so excited. <laughs> even here when I see, especially Spain, I don't get to see a lot of black people here. So when I see black mm-hmm. people, obviously married to white women, I get so excited. I'm like, oh, my God, I see the kids and I see their hair. And I was like, oh, they're going to be like me. Or, you know, I start picturing things because I get happy that it's okay. And, you know, mm-hmm. you don't know how much it actually affects you. I don't know for you guys, but for me, I get so drawn into movies about biracial couples. Mm-hmm. Like, I does it happen to you, Nafi? Like, I get so, <laughs> I mean, I, and you, Anna, like, for me, I'm really mm-hmm. drawn into that, like, you know, Save the Life, the L- Last Dance. I just, like, I support yeah. it. You know what I mean? I support that um that biracial or you know the the you know different cultures I just really like that because I think it's something so different and so um, new and fun and at the same time um, you know just exciting and I see myself and I think that representation matters a lot I get to see myself a lot and I see the happiness around it so but that's just me all right Nafi back to you Uh that makes no that makes a lot of sense because I think you're you're drawn to it and you notice it right away because you are a product of one, right? So it it's very natural for you to just to notice those types of things. Um, and I, I just think that overall we need to change our mindset when it comes to, you know, what are some of the reasons people are getting married? You know, we should not assume things that this person is with that person. That means we need to stop that nonsense right. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what tells you the mindset of the people mm-hmm. right a lot of people who are making those kinds of assumptions is just you know i'm not going to say too much about what yeah. type of people those assumptions but we all know who those what type of people you know do that but it's just you need to be you need to be enlightened pretty much you know you you need yeah. to have a, a, a broader mindset as to you know when when two people are together. I mean, like I honestly, my friend um, had so much heat when she was dating uh, somebody, a white guy, and people like from her own culture were so angry, especially the men 
from her culture, were so angry at her, you know? And so we need to discuss that. Why the hostility, mm. you know? There's this feeling that, ah, you know, just like you said, um, uh, Anna, that people would say to you, ah, you're done, you disappoint. Why? They have this, uh, you know, feeling that you have sold out. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have outside of your cause. So there are, they're pretty hostile in the way they think of you and how they're just like, how can you, how dare you go marry somebody other than us? But if uh, men counterparts do that, that's more acceptable. So that's a bit hypocritical in my mind. Okay. And in my point of view, I think that's a bit hypocritical where we still do this gender, uh, you know, differences where we accept it readily when it's a, a, a guy who does it. But it, when it's a girl, it's like, mm, you shouldn't do that. You should just stick with the with your kind. And in my mind, like I've said, there was never a point where I, I consciously made a decision as to who I'm going to be racially. I, 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 did, I wasn't raised that way. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. for me, I just, I'm looking for a good man. End of story. I just mm-hmm. need me a good man, honey. That's it. Right. And whatever race that good man happens to be, I am okay with that. So let's try to do, because um, I know we're almost running out of time. Um, we're going to try to sum it up. Anna, are we going to do anything in Wolof and Mandinka today or what? We've been slacking, girl.
Mrs. Ngam, they're like, Nisan, Gambian. So we heard Nisan reference to us all the time in every setting. Nisan, Senyai do Gambian. Nisan, Senyai Tanzanian. Nisan, like, so we mm. called our, we branded ourselves as the Nisan kids because it's like, I don't know why they thought it was, they felt pity for us because our moms weren't Gambian, but there was this idea behind it like, oh, they're not at us. Or like, oh, they're not like us. Mm -hmm. Or like, oh, you guys are other. Or like, oh, you guys are different. So it was, there was always that Nisan that was associated with us because our moms were not Gambian. So we were like, all right, guys, we're the Nisan kids. Mm -hmm. So we grew up calling ourselves that. So I just want to say wow. that it, it really is important how we react to people who come from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And in 2021, I really hope people will be more open and embrace different people from different cultures mm -hmm. and nationalities and races, because at the end of the day, we're all human. Mm -hmm. Like it, like the differences that we pick on to segregate ourselves mm -hmm. are so small mm -hmm. compared to the many similarities that we have as a people. So guy, they didn't know what and Balama Dugasi continues suma suma angle behind Dugal all of duty. They soon watan be more watani um say your hamne bokulen head, the head na bokulen um bokulen gum gum mo moine head na yeah dinga say for hamne head kiana sering la kiana christian la wala yena nga seya chinese nga seya tubab nga seya nyak nyak gambia moy ko xamne dal do gambia de da serelionian nga da nigerian nga da tanzanian nga dañ len de jël ñom ñep oyel len nyak te amna yena nak wax yo xamne daf de ñaaw ci nit yo xamne joggé wuñ suñ dikay te dañ wara ibi suñ xeli ibi suñ xoli te xamne ñu ñep bena lañ nañ len bay di 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 Hebate, we put an Indian by the Hajalo. Nasayai Gambian, Landasayai do Gambian. The fact the Benesis appearance Gambian Larek, Dahna Nunip Gambian Lane. The fact the Nunip Sudesa Sayai Tubapla, Waisa Papa Nitkunula, Yosisa Bopa Nitkununga, Nunip, then you are a Japante, then you buy Hajalogi. We put a new buy Helne, Hale Yinga Hamne, Nugidigi Sikirio Hamne Hidna. Send papa i tu ba pleng da send ya i tu ba pleng yena i send ya i nyak pleng da send papa i nyak pleng bunlen len de buli dilen oye ay tour dilen rite dilen jam hair dilen tone dilen pus nyu dano den wara bay de buli hale yo hamne nyun den len gisene bokun nyun nyepa boka because si si sunko hole ne sunko hole in the religious aspect. Nyu halat ne nyun taka gambiengi ni muna jil bopam defne den gomiyala yen sude dengen gomiyala dengen hamle nyep domiyala le nyep so waru nyo hajalo nenyen bay di toro hal hali jigen yo hamne den yo nyo sun bir dekai di seisi sun nyo we seyal sun gori sen gori dilen toro hal sen nebosi dilen toro hal dilen oye tur dilen re dilen dilen tutilo lolo den kowara bay Nyun Gambian bi ninyo hame won. Mwene Gambia kufa nyo danga feel kom danga boka. Because Gambian bi dafa buka yifi bolo, dafa buka yifi jil. Saka ding dan wahne Gambian bi dafa buka ganbu nyo den la jil duga la sunbir teran la. Nenyen delu si lolo. Tenyu bay haja logi. Nabu nyya ha suntur as Gambian be pare nyun sude linyo ote si nyun mufa. Nenyun den gom yala. So buge wone sa gom yala. Nanga jel mindef, 
nga trit ko ni nga triti sa mo lolu moy gum ya so dañ bëggona éte té wax nit ñi né ñu bayyi xel sinañ dé trité ñi nga xamné ñaan ndax bokkuñ ci suñu aada ndax bokkuñ ci suñu religion ndax bokkuñ xet ndax bokkuñ riis lolu yépp matawut as longas gambian lañ nañ leen tié as longas nit lañ nañ leen tié gan dafa neex gambia li neexal suñu dëkk bi woon moy né dañ bëggone gan gan bu ñëw da nga ñëw rek boka do bu gañi bi nañ leen déllu ci lolu ñu défanté dankan dankaté xamné at the end of the day ñun ñëpp mindé fi yalla leen ñun ñëpp doomi yalla leen docteur na fi ma sané ko ci yow mané ana bul faté tam wax ci comme gambia yaaye papa yi nga xamne tamit dañu jël xali ñu dis on len bayyi len bu dé kokut seyna kenen ko dul gambian xam nga lolu tamit am faté nañ bobu nga xamne légué légué yaay bé papa bi dina wax né waaw seyel nga ko xamne nekkut gambian you know so do 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 nekatu lo suma dom xamatu mala duma waxa yow lolu yi daf té am so dañ wara waxal nak parents yi ñuy bayyi sen xel ci lolu parce que légué da sonal sa dom bi ding ko amé ding ko wax lu nekka benegi seyam bi du ñew neex yo koku su démé bayyi kim seyal koku nga né du gambian ah nga forcé ko mu ñew seyal gambian légué légui budé sey gambian bi tamit neexatu nak doko amal aha you know nekut né nekut né bo seyalé gambian rek la sa sey bi di dem va so sosélé ku nekut gambian sa sey du dem lolu du dégga sey sey parce que ko amé ndax dina dem ndax ku dem lolu tamit yalla moko amé so bul wax né so seyalé ko xamné du gambian dama dama la baye aduna bi alakhirah duma sa yaay duma sa papa we see that we see that so i just wanted us to remember to touch on that mungok hara malal hara malal ci sosé bi tuti mbadi wal bala ma duga fenende dawal jiwo ko ngan alkatchali do mandin bi molla topic on be mun katchaka wolong ka futu a fata kotangolie so natray mu man imu imu gambia noti e futu ta tuba boye wala e futu ta mo kotenye mumbota afrika sate doto you know banku doto so be wole ko katchaka bi nga lonne ko ni nga ko jube de nga ko moy ka fo nyame gambia a kanuma jujen kelo so jama jama ka jele mol isita futu momo mu yalon ko wole yete hakilo wala sondo mo muta momu ye contandi ka futu wole so bitu nyanta bulalale ka foko ndingol natare tata futu bantala mol ye natare futu tatuba boye albal dingol bulala alba fola ko janning lakira ndediya molan dingoye because atata futu bantala mole alinga wole bula mba mal ni fa mal kadiya mal tole pa bi ñol mérol ali nga woji ka sifa bula because wo kadi minnale nati hani dindingo fangoye mumbe futu bundato you know futu fo e futu ta gambianole fo gambiano futu ta fatakoyole fa futu ta african banku do dingo dole futu alale ka kanati futu fana be banna damen alale ka fanandi tofo so bitung alinga bula ka fo ko hani futu ta gambiano do royele la futu be barakala wala la futu bi ta mbenya ngajele gambiano fututa gambiano e futuo manta so ka foko ni fututa gambiano e drone yatina ila futuo bita wo manketo nyati wo mansoto so e bajela dol fanan kasila munna dro wolonko ha ni fututa bantala moye ni fututa fatadoye e bajela le ko you know ila ila ado ibe nyina la wolale ila ado wo bita wo be kanale male ngajele fanan ko ah wati dol fanan wo buka keto nyati wato wati because gambiano 
sai be jamano munto ndol be nyimbantala bankol munto nga gambia no jele mu fututa gambia ndo fana ye bari kajele la dindingol hani surwa hani mandi kakamo hani fula kamo imamoy hani salo ibukaje kake ndunga ba mani fama be mu mandingol mandingoleti wala be mu gambia nolti wala mu kankoten ti bari gambia ndingol lo muiti so nkanafo ko dronko be balanna wala be be dimina dila mba dingol la wala ndingol la wala terimala mulyalon koy fututa fata doye ka fodoronko ha ni fututa modoye la futuo ni manke futuoti bayri fututa fata moko tenne inyanta lebitum i fututa o bantala moye wala fututa tubaboye bari muruna yena futu yena futu gambia ndingo fanaye because ila o futu do ni manke futuoti alinga wole bula alinga wole bulan kake wala ningaje gambiano do ning fata koten fututa nga foko eh tombi nying nying gambiano abe kodi nyinola wala nying gambiano abe 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 alafta nyim fata koten wala bungoloye wal be manke tonyati ha wati do la kake tonyati bari wati do la tekela tonyati mo betoni mo kurungo alaya da mo sifal bele mo beto soto tafata wo fata to mo mo kurungol fanan soto tafata wo fata to so bitun kanafo ko fata kilinne fi siata fata doti yamoy sila nganyoma ko because mbe mbe mo hadama dingoleti alale mbe dada foy mu gambia noti bam foy mu tubaboti bam foy mu africa banku dindoti bam mbe alale nda mbe mo hadama dingoleti so ni mo dol nata hadama dindol nata kabo banku dolto kabo fata fata dol nata ya alinke muta kairo kono ani alinka alinka fenko nyatandila komu ni luntango soto ikama retreat nyame you know alinge treat right because muslimo alay wole fonto ni bantala molnata ni modol nata nge treat komu mbe ndingol mbe mfangol mbe mbe mfangol mutala nyame alinga wandol fana muta wonya you know alinga bulambe nyo kaja fila nga ba fola nyoye ko iten ndingoti item item badingoti kote wala na yena futu ye musufula njango nyini wotolo mbine mutala moti nintu babo doron kanto doron futu wala alinga wole bula mo ni momo damen diatai momo ya jisodi andi alinga wodi andi ya marie ngadua kafuye fo ala satin na kuole sone ya kuole uye suma ya ife so bin na kachamu no wodroneti so hopefully nak i got everything hopefully i i said everything that we talked about so i hope i did that justice so let's you try did. to get you did you got it how are you you heard all of it huh? oh oh for kacha kacha ding ya yeah ครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับครับคร
Yeah, I, I also wanted to come in from the perspective of just being accepting of people. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's so sad when we try to look at our differences instead of look at what is, you know, common and, and um, similar in all of us as humans, whether we're coming from different countries, different races. Um, and for people who are in interracial marriages or people who are in in international marriages. I just think it's important that you be patient with your partner, um, take the time to learn each other's cultures, take the time to learn each other's ways of life. Mm -hmm. And as long as you are there for each other, because it starts with the two of you. Mm -hmm. I think when it comes to interracial couples and interracial marriages, um, your partner is probably the best person to offer you solace from the external stressors. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, there can be um, a lot of external stressors and you both should come together to face the troubling issues together and also lean, lean on each other for support. I saw that with my parents. I remember growing up, my dad was always there for my mom. My dad was my dad was the leader. He was my mom's protector and it made a difference um, in why she was able to endure some of the difficult times because she always knew my dad was there to protect her. Mm -hmm. And I saw that with my husband as well when we were living in Rwanda where he took the lead and he protected me and he made sure that I was okay. And he helped me navigate the different culture, the different language, the different you know, environment. So we have to make sure that when we bring people into our lives, you know, let's be patient and protect each other. And, you know, the rest of the world, they'll get on board eventually. So, you know, let's just love and let people be. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, my final um, just words would be just love knows no boundaries and mm -hmm. that, you know, it knows no color, love knows no race, love knows no creed or gender or whatever. And I'm a firm believer that love is God and God is love. And so that's it for me. Well 